This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! You don't like that? You don't like NBA basketball! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of All Nat, brought to you by OTS. I'm your host, Natalie, but most people call me Nat, and I'm back with Justin. He told me to stop giving him the crazy intros. He didn't say that, but that's what he was alluding to on the last pod. So I'm going to tone it down, but I really do be excited to have Justin with me. So I'm going to just from here going forward, treat him like a regular co-host because that's what we are. We we host a pod together. So um, Justin, hey, co-host, how you doing? Welcome back. <laughs> I'm good. I think by now the people know you. Right, right. I hope so. <laughs> so we did our part one um nba preseason um preview not really preseason anymore because the season's about to start so um but we did a preview for the season focus we started with the dubs because i mean it's a warriors podcast and also they're the reigning champs so i think that's fitting and then i know today we're supposed to kind of get into like the rest of the league but we we recorded and then again right after we recorded found out like while we were recording the team cut Quindary Witherspoon and Lester how do I pronounce Lester's last name do you know how to pronounce it Quinones okay there you go um Lester Q (laughs) no I don't you know let me not be like those people who are rude and disrespect names so say say it for me one more time Justin Please. Keen Jonas. Keen Jonas. Lester Keen Jonas. So they cut the two of them. And I don't know that we were really surprised about Lester because Justin, like, mentioned when we were talking, like, he didn't think Lester was safe. But we both were like, Quinn, Quinn, Quinn. Um, and I think the reaction, I, I, I did a little, like, two minutes on it, like, just to wrap up the pod without Justin because just so we didn't look crazy coming out with the pod talking about, Oh, Quinn is safe. And then like, you're like, <laughs> Yo, Quinn got cut. So, but I mean, I just, now that Justin and I are here together, I feel like the collective reaction is surprise around Quinn. Right. Like that's what I was seeing on the timeline. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's a good player and he was good for us last year. I think we all kind of thought he was, at least going to be on the two ways, just kind of secure and be able to play spot minutes here and there because he played so well. But yeah, not really sure what he did or didn't do to. They said it was positional, like. Well, okay, that makes. But 
but then what positions are they want that they feel like they just feel like what they have too many guards for him to be there i think maybe they feel like they have too many wings because okay. he's not necessarily going to be a point guard for them he would be just another another wing, wing. Defender. um so maybe they're thinking more point guard even though they have multiple point guards so i don't really understand that but Maybe they're thinking we need a point guard just in case somebody gets injured or doesn't play, and we need um, a front court player potentially. That's why I'm I'm, I'm thinking. Well, and- based on the people remaining, what would since they said it's positional, based mm-hmm. on who they have left right now that they're still considering, what would that tell you about like what positions they're valuing? I guess they kind of got a mix. I think I mean Ty Jerome and Pat Spencer. Well, Ty Jerome is like a point guard, like. That's kind of his main position in the NBA, at least. He's a, a bigger point guard, and he's just, like, a, one of those steady players. Um, Pat Spencer and Jerome Robinson are kind of like wings, but they're more like uh, like shooter. But maybe they, like, just fit into the Warriors' offense better. Maybe Kerr just likes them a little bit better as far as the things they can do shooting. Like and twin fit in the system, Yeah, too, I felt like defensively he, he – can play really anywhere um I think he has the motor he has the length he has the athleticism the, the IQ the IQ exactly so that really surprised me and then Anthony Lamb is like a a stretch big he can really shoot it um and I think he just knows where to be defensively and stuff like that I'm not really sure um if he has the physical attributes to really make an impact but that's that remains to be seen but he has a bit of a sketchy past that we don't need to get into since like there's been nothing founded, I suppose. But I'm just a little surprised that with everything already going on with the Warriors, that they would consider taking on a player that might bring even more. I mean, in general, without what's going on with them, I'm a little surprised. But like just, you know, anything to even bring more scrutiny to the franchise, I feel like right now is probably not needed. I don't know. Those are just my thoughts. Um, yeah. um, now I have like my phone on and I'm paying attention to everything, um, because I don't want us to miss anything. So I'm seeing something about Bobby Marks, looking at <laughs> players, including Perfect. Jordan Poole. I'm just making sure like the extension don't drop while we talk and nothing like that. So, I mean, I don't know now. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not really invested right now in any of these guys. I guess Spencer has looked good, but I don't I don't know. I don't know who I'd want the other two way to be. I don't even I I don't know. I'm really upset about Quinn. I know like it seems like kind of crazy. He was just like a two-way guy, but he sort of became a fan favorite. I mean, we wanted to see him last year. I did instead of, you know. Yeah, and I think we've kind of like over the last 2 years we've kind of gotten used to guys that have been on the fringe of the roster playing their way into an actual roster spot with JTA and and Gary Payton II. And we thought Quinn was going to be that next kind of story because those two guys are beloved um, by the fan base because they came from, you know, not like being on the outside in and then they got in and stayed in. So, yeah, I guess everybody was just kind of rooting for Quinn and just maybe he ends up coming back somehow later on down the line when they finally fill in that last roster spot, if they ever do. Um, I don't think they're going to do it anytime soon, but 
he might get picked up out of the team by then probably I will i really hope so someone said like the kings and i'm like no i don't want him in that kind of organization i right. hope the spur i mean i know the spurs are probably tanking this year but i just he was on the before too yeah i hope it's like a good organization for him that's all um really disappointed and i don't know i'm hearing like i mean i don't know at what point they gave him notice but i'm hearing that it might have been like sort of like a surprise for him too like that it wasn't expected so that's really i don't know anyway i digress we're here to talk about the rest of the league which sometimes is hard for me because like i'm just just gonna tell you right now i got my warriors cape on all the time i don't be caring about no other teams i don't be enjoying watching the other teams that much to be honest justin like i'm <laughs> like i feel sad for like the fans of like other teams because i'm just like the words are so exciting like how do you get into these other teams and i know that's my own bias but i legit be feeling like that like there's yeah. only like a handful of other teams and players that i really enjoy watching um the clippers are actually one of those teams though and that's really more about their players because i really Kawhi and paul george are two of my favorite players in the league um and i do really like the celtics because the celtics are my east team like if the warriors god forbid for some reason were not to make it um i'd be rooting for the celtics but you know outside of that like there's not that many other teams like I enjoy watching like that. What? Who do you like to watch around the league? Um, I like, I mean, I'm kind of like weird with it, like certain players that I just really like their game. So I like watching those players. Um, but as far as like the past years, I really like uh, watching Denver just because Jokic is one of my favorite players. Just how he. I enjoy Jokic. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd enjoy just watching games. But there are definitely some teams I don't enjoy watching. Like, I didn't really, like, enjoy watching Utah for the past two, few years. Like, that was just – they played decent basketball. Like, they just shot a lot of threes, and it was Gobert and stuff like that. But it was just kind of like a boring brand to watch for me. Spurs, consistently boring, even when they were good. Just oh, my God. And I love the Spurs. <laughs> I did enjoy watching the Spurs. I really did. I mean, maybe, like, the the beautiful game Spurs where they were just, like, they had the youth and the – the older uh, 2014 was beautiful man it was beautiful for sure. for sure um other than that I can't really think of teams that I'd like really dislike watching other than like the really terrible teams but even some of those teams are starting to get some exciting players like I'm probably going to be watching a lot of Pistons this year I don't think they're going to be that bad but um Orlando I'm really intrigued with just like the young talent but OKC is a bad watch uh <laughs> So, yeah, OKC, Utah, and San Antonio. I'm kind of hoping that – well, OKC is going to be good, but I'm kind of hoping San Antonio and Utah are, like, in purgatory for the next few years because I just don't want them to be relevant so we don't have to watch them. But, uh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay, <laughs> so let, let's start in the West, right? I mean, I think we got to, like – we're not going to, like, go through them in detail. But, I mean, who do we think – are going to be the 10 teams to make it like I'm saying 10 teams, like as in the play in, you know, and then I guess ultimately, who do you think will be the final eight? Um, Definitely Golden State, Denver, Los Angeles Clippers. (laughs) 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 Both LA teams will be in the top 10. I'm going to put that out there. Um, Memphis, Dallas, um, New Orleans, 
Um, I'm missing like a big one. I'm pretty sure Minnesota. Um, That's eight. I should be writing these down. Let me see. You have war. Like a, a a gimme team. No, I should have. I should have wrote this down. War, do you think Portland is making the top ten? I do. All right. So, so we have Warriors, Clips, Denver. Phoenix is the other team I missed. Phoenix. <laughs> of, course, of course I forgot them. Uh, who cares? They're forgettable. Yeah. Suns, Mavs. Lakers. Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's seven teams right there. I have Warriors, Clippers, Denver, Suns. Not in any order. Mavs, Lakers, Grizzlies. That's seven teams. Who am I missing in that top eight? Pelicans, Timberwolves. Okay. Okay, so that already gives us Pelicans, Timberwolves. Now let's just stop there. Because that's nine teams already. Mm -hmm. That means one of these teams that we just said of those nine is a play-in team. So that's Warriors, Clippers, Denver. Suns, Mavs, Lakers, Grizzlies, Pelicans, Timberwolves. Who's the play-in team? The Lakers. I mean, yeah. it's going to be, it's, it's. Um, you think Pelicans will be better than the Lakers this year? I, I do, unless they solve the Russell Westbrook issue. But six of those teams won't be, won't be in the play-in. Oh, yeah. That a, are you right? Six. I don't know. I'm thinking eight. Okay. So I'm ready. Cut, okay. Yeah. So you think Lakers will be a play-in team and for sure. Okay, so they're either going to be seven or eight. So who's going to be the other one? Is it Mavs? Is it Pelicans? Is it Timberwolves? That's going to be tough. So I'm going to say the Mavs are not going to be in the play-in. They'll make they'll make it just because um they have Luca. They have Luca and they just have a really balanced team, I think. Like you look at their team, it's just a good team. It's not like a contender to me, but it's just like a good team. You got Luca, who's going to play a thousand games, and he's probably going to win you majority of those, just because he is that good of a player. And then they added some size inside. They get Tim Hardaway Jr. back. They added Christian Wood, so that kind of. So I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the Mavs a six. Yeah, I, I feel like they're like a fringe playing team depending on like the injuries to the other teams or maybe to them um and definitely that would determine a lot of the seeding obviously it does every year but i think this year more so two to three games could could you know be a reason you finish fifth or third like it'll be super close i think so i think warriors clippers denver and grizzlies well, I think Warriors, Clippers, and Denver are the top three teams. I don't know the order yet, but those are my top three. Mm-hmm. So who's getting four, Suns or Grizzlies? I'm not convinced that the Timberwolves won't get four, to be honest. But um, it'll be one of those three teams. If I had to bet, I would say, shit. Uh, if I had to bet. Well, I then would... if Timberwolves go into that top six, then that means like either Suns or Grizzlies is falling to a play-in team. Yeah, I would probably pick the Suns to fall to the play-in. Okay. Um, just because it, it just doesn't seem like. But like a seven or eight play-in, not the nine or ten. Right, 
Right. And I think it'll be one of those things where being in or out of the play-in will be decided by literally like one game or like two games, something like that. Um, Lakers, you think, are a seven or eight play-in or are they a nine or ten? I think they're in danger of being nine or ten. I think I would bet nine or ten range over a seven, eight. <laughs> I know this brings you joy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, okay. I like it. And okay, so then the so Warriors, Clips, or Denver is one through three. And so we still, who do we have getting that for? Do, are we in agreement that those are probably the top three teams? Yes. Okay. Barring so then, injury for sure. Okay. So fourth, if we're taking the Suns out of it, it's Grizzlies, Pelicans, or Timberwolves. I would say it's Grizzlies. Um, Mavericks or Timberwolves, but I would probably put the Mavericks there. At four? I would put them at four. Nah, man, fuck that. I'm putting them at six. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna put the Grizzlies at four. Uh, The only reason I'm not putting the Grizzlies there is because Jaron is coming back from that injury. He's gonna miss some time. Oh, yeah, Um, that's true. Jaw is pretty much guaranteed to miss some time every season because his style of play. Uh, even though they win without him, but a large reason why they win without him is because Jaron is playing. So, yeah, injuries is why I'm kind of taking a step back on the, on Memphis. And okay, they- so maybe it's Timberwolves. Maybe it's the Timberwolves at four. Yeah, it's the Grizzlies at five, and it's the Mavs at six. You're really low on the maps. That's crazy. I have them top six. What's the problem? <laughs> I gotta see them. I don't know what they're gonna look like. Balance team yeah. or whatever. I just don't they, know. They had a top ten defense last year. Whether it's a like regular season type top ten. Or yeah, but they got Christian Wood, who is not the best defender. That's true. They're bringing him off the bench though. So I just got to oh, see it. That's all. Yeah, yeah. I feel you. I feel you. I got to see it. With the Timberwolves, too. I mean, pretty much with the Timberwolves, you, with Rudy Gobert, you're walking into a top five defense. And if you got a top five defense, you're just, by that, going to win a lot of games. And I think they got two offensive superstars that can. I expect Ant to take a leap. And it's just really that the question about the Timberwolves is will their collective IQ as a team increase? Because. Mm-hmm. They should have beaten the Grizzlies. <laughs> yeah. So. Sure. I think maybe, I mean, hopefully they they learn from that and they take that into next season and apply that improved IQ. But that's definitely a question. That so then the other play in seven or eight we're saying is the Pelicans then? Yeah, Pelicans going to be in play in. I'm not really too sure about their defense. Um so yeah. then that last final um, play-in spot for the 9 or 10, you'd give that to probably the Trailblazers? Yeah. Their defense is going to be horrible. Okay. So we're saying that those are our 10 teams. So we are basically saying Utah is Utah. out. Utah's out. San Antonio. OKC's out. OKC's out. San Antonio. Soccer. Rockets. Mm-hmm. The Rockets and Sacramento sacramento i would say they can't maybe get a sneak in for a plan we say this every year about them and then they always do some bullshit though right i actually might put sacramento over portland 
now that I think about it. Now that I think about it, they got a really they're gonna they have a, missing the plane altogether. Woo! Don't let that happen. It won't, it won't be necessarily his fault, but yeah. It wasn't Steph's fault either when we missed, but I had to hear about it. So like That's I true. said. That's true. Um yeah, Sacramento got a nice starting five. They got Fox. They're gonna probably start either, they're probably gonna start Herder or Malik Monk, one of those two. I haven't really watched their preseason games, but they got Harrison, Keegan Murray, Sabonis. They're going to be really good on offense. I don't so know we're saying who... Trailblazers or Sack are probably that 10th spot. Yeah, I mean, Lakers could be 10th spot too, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Okay. So we think there's probably 11 teams vying for those 10 spots. And then 15 teams in the West. That's right. So Utah, OKC, San Antonio, and Rockets are out of there. Okay. I think this is like very like reasonable and plausible, right? I mean, I guess potentially some team could be like better than we expected. Like the Cleveland Cavaliers were last year and surprises. But I, I do think that these are the right 11 teams. Um, I agree. The other four are definitely trying to get Vic Wimanyama. Right. <laughs> Some of them who are here should probably be trying to get him too, but. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, but I mean, I think like just us going through that exercise sort of gives people a sense of like where we think teams fall. So in terms of the actual teams that can contend potentially for a championship barring injury do we just think it's warriors clippers denver yes right now like you said maybe some team shows that they're there um but right now i would just say it's those three teams in the west okay do we expect the suns to not be as good this year they're going to trade drake jay carter is that happening Hasn't happened yet, right? Hasn't happened yet. We don't know if it's actually going to happen because, like, there is is there really a market for Jake Crowder? Like, is he that type of player that can just demand a trade and get traded? But, um, yeah, I think they're going to be worse. I think CP3 is is going to get older, which means he's probably going to look a little fugazi you know, already, right? right. Um, <laughs> I think they might be expecting Cam and Bridges to make a leap that they're just probably not going to make. I just can't. They're just not those type of players to me. Um, and Aiden is that type of player to me, but he just doesn't want to play there clearly. So <laughs> I can see it getting a little, they funky. can trade him come January. Is that right? If they wanted to, uh, isn't it something like that? Like they have to wait, but wait, like a certain time period. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm not sure if it's, he, they have to wait till January or if they have to wait until next season, but, uh, he's probably not going to be there for much longer. So. This is a typical cycle of a CP3 led team, even though he's the best leader in sports. They just usually they just after the first two years start to hate each other a little bit. It's just um fraudulence. Fraudulence at its best. <laughs> um what about the Grizzlies? They're they're dealing with some injuries. Do they have the potential to take another step as a team? They do, because they're all their core is so young. Um, Jaron kind of showed flashes in the playoffs of what he can be as a three-point shooter combined with 
elite rim protection. You know, I think he has to work on not fouling so much, but if he can make that leap as somebody that they can depend on to give them out perimeter shooting and just scoring additional scoring to a job, then for sure, Desmond Bain made, you know, he's only in his second or third year last year and he was really, really good. I'm not sure if he has all-star potential, but he's probably one of the like, best up and coming two guards in the league and people don't really talk about him like that. Jaw can be an MVP candidate. So yeah, I think I think a leap is potentially there. They lost some depth also. Jesus, here we go. Already. I mean, you know how I feel about Jaw People say he's like a top 10 player. I don't think he's quite a top 10 player, but like I think his numbers are going to be there as far as MVP candidacy, the narrative. He's just a very flashy player. Um so yeah, I think I mean they're all young. Like I said, they can they can take a leap out of nowhere, and we. What is needed for them to come become a true contender? Is it Ja turning into, a like true, like tier one sort of player, or is it is it him, or is it things with the rest of the team? Both, I think Ja for one has to become a tier one guy where you can rely, we can consistently rely on him to, um last through a playoff run last through a season you know for one for two not be a cone on defense you know what i mean like whether or not because teams are starting to figure out like oh let's just hide our best player on defense and then those players are, re- are required to box out not miss rotations on the back end we saw with luka Doncic, like yeah you can kind of hide him and not put him on the ball but if you put him away from the play and he has to now protect the rim it's no resistance there. John Morant, same thing. And also Andrew Wiggins was getting crazy offensive rebounds on the Grizzlies because John was left to box him out. So it's this stuff when you try to like think of it like, oh, the Warriors hire Steph. They really don't because Steph is still doing all those other things to make sure the defense is not compromised. So if John can kind of get to that level, which I'm not sure if he can because he's really small. He's much smaller than Steph. Um, then that will be the first block. And then the second block is probably getting rid of Dylan Brooks and getting more consistent wing play, um, smarter, more high IQ players on the wing. And then everybody else just kind of has to raise their game as well. But yeah, I just don't know if that's possible for them. Is Jaws play style sustainable? Because like he's always falling on the floor and I just feel like that probably doesn't like bode well for like a really long extended NBA career like doesn't he have to like kind of switch up his game a little bit I think a little bit for sure probably uh become a little bit more reliable as a jump shooter even though he has improved pretty much every year as a jump shooter especially Um, when he plays the Warriors just pretend he's playing them yeah that was insane but um you look at a guy like Russ he had a pretty long prime you know what I mean? Like he's had injuries along the way and he's had to miss time and stuff like that. But um, I think his play style, he's like the one guy you can say, okay, this play style was sustainable for him. Um, but, but he's you know, much more frail than Russell Westbrook. Right. Russ is really more like uh, a sturdy 6'3", 6'4", built type of player. So I don't, I'm not sure if that's a direct comp that I would um, lean on, but you look at other guys like Derrick Rose and all these other athletic point guards that had like high impact, like as far as like getting their bodies like falling on the ground and just a lot of contact it typically doesn't last that long. So hopefully he can 
you know, add some things to his game so we can extend his prime a little bit longer. Um, the Pelicans are interesting to me. They're interesting to me. Like, I don't know what to expect from them. They're a team I'm interested to watch. Yeah, definitely exciting team. I mean, Zion is super exciting. B.I. is one of my favorite players. They just, they just got a lot of talent, but it's like, does it fit is the first question. How are they going to be on defense is the second question. Yeah. Don't they have that guy? What's his name? Herb. Yes. You knew who I was talking about. It's, it's like every hoop junkie's like new favorite, like wing defender type guy. Uh, <laughs> it, it used to be Matisse Thybul, and then now it's like Herb Jones. But um, yes, Herb Jones. <laughs> yeah, they got Herb. They got Jose. And Alvarado. the little, I just want to say the little Puerto Rican guy. What's his name? Jose Alvarado. There you go. Yeah, he's. They're both good defenders. Um, they still got Larry Nance, decent defender. Um, but their main, main guys are still question marks on defense. Valanchunas, can he hold up? Yeah, he's just a, a bull, um, and he can shoot a little bit. Um, Zion, his defense has been questionable since day one, like if he puts enough effort in on that end. B.I. is passable, but I wouldn't necessarily call him a stopper, and C.J. is passable, but I wouldn't necessarily call him a stopper. So it's kind of like these guys are eating up a huge chunk of, chunk of the rotation and they're obviously extremely valuable offensively, but what does the defense kind of look like? We don't know. So we got to really see how they, how Willie Green gets them to buy in on that and over the course of the season. Yeah. CJ in their postseason run last year versus Suns, he wasn't shooting that well. He, I don't know. He just wasn't like himself. And I don't know if that was like, cause of like coming off injury or whatever, but do you expect him to be like better this year now being like mm-hmm. more integrated into, I guess, whatever their system is? Right. I think that's what it was really. He was just kind of playing, figuring it out on the fly. Um, I, I believe he was on some pod. It might've been JJ Reddick's pod or something like that. And he was just pretty much saying like during the playoffs, like Willie Green will call out a play and he would look back and I'm like, bro, I don't know that play. Like, <laughs> so I think he was just trying to figure it out. Um, so now that he like gets to understands the system and stuff like that, he'll be able to pick his spots better. He'll be able to, you know, take shots after practice where in the spots that he knows he's going to get in the game and make sure that he's able to knock those down. So I like CJ. I'm not sure if he's a point guard, but I like CJ. He's going to be playing point for them. I'm pretty sure. Um, they're probably going to start Herb maybe at the two. Again, I haven't watched a lot of preseason for these teams, so I don't know what their projected lineups is, but I'm thinking off the top of my head is something like CJ, Herb, B.I., Zion, Valanchunas. Um, well, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I, I doubt they're starting Jose Alvarado. I don't think they have any other like point guards that I could think off the top of my head that would start. Interesting. Yeah, I'm going to put them down as one of my teams to watch. For sure. CJ annoys the shit out of me, but I do like his game. Yeah, he's definitely a cornball, but that's more so off the court than... Yeah, he got a lot to say about our squad. <laughs> Money business. Right. We're not, we're not going to bring up with, uh, what Redacted said to him during the finals that ended up being true. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um... Timberwolves are another interesting team with this Rudy Gobert. Why did he announce today that he was, or was it yesterday that he's going to be the starting center? Like, was that in question? Who else would it be? They announced that? Yeah, that was 
That's or weird. someone said like Rudy Gobert is gonna be this, and I'm just like, I wasn't. <laughs> I'm. I was so confused. Uh, I mean, you got sent eight picks and a thousand players to get him. I'd hope he'd be starting. Um, I don't know. I don't. I just don't know what to expect of them. You know, people like to pick on Cat. I won't. I don't know if I ever really did, but I just won't. I just feel like the man's gone through too much in his life that I'm just gonna leave him alone. But um. They're just an annoying team because, like, I wanted them to beat the Grizzlies last year and they didn't. And they're just so collectively just just do dumb things. And so I think for them, I really just want to see them, like, be a smarter basketball team. And, like, some of that's the coach because, I mean, we watch the coach do things like not call timeouts when he should and... You know, so I, they're interesting. I mean, I don't think they're going anywhere either, but I mean, in terms of just like construction with who they have, um, do they have any potential to actually be a contending team? Um, I don't think so. Not a legit contender. I think they have too many holes in the roster. The biggest hole being D'Angelo Russell. I think he's just, um, pretty flawed as a as a player like I like his game but I think he shoots when he probably should have should defer um and then defensively he leaves a lot to be desired even though he's much improved on that end and he was kind of like the backline anchor for them just like yelling out where people should be and stuff like that but as an actual on-ball defender himself um he's you know like I just don't think he can lock down like that but I'm not sure Anthony is at the level where he can really control an offense as the main primary ball handler, getting guys the ball where they need it. Um, so they can't really say, we're just going to sit D'Angelo and play Ant at the right. ball handler. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the biggest question. I think a lot of people are asking about the Rudy and, and Cat question defensively. I think they'll be fine just because um, Rudy just pretty much protects the paint. Like, when when you pull them away from the paint is where they have some issues. Um, but I think they have enough defense on the wings with Ant and McDaniels and Torian Prince and stuff like that, that they'll be able to at least stay in front of their mans long enough for Rudy to be able to do what he does best. It's that's, just, pretty, that's probably preferable, right? For Kat. I mean, that Rudy's going to be in the paint. So he doesn't like, he doesn't like to operate there. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and his, his, his ability to set screens and roll, I'm pretty sure they're going to have Rudy setting some down, pin downs for cat and then roll to the rim that's gonna be pretty hard to stop because rudy's one of the best like role finishers in the league and cat is obviously one of the best shooters at his position or shooters period in the league so i think they'll be fine especially in the regular season but certain matchups may get them give them some issues in the playoffs i'm so sorry i'm yawning i don't know why i got a good night's rest um (laughs) all right so let's talk about the the big three. And by big three, I'm saying the teams in the West who we think can legitimately contend. Okay. So in order of one to three, like, I know we both think it's Warriors would be the best team, whether they actually finish with the best record or not, just they would be the 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 best team in the West. And so who's two and who's three? I think two is... That's a tough one. I think two is... The Clippers. I'm just going to say the Clippers. Very narrow over three, Denver. Um, I'm only saying it's very narrow because I think 
and, and I've said this before, I think if those two teams specifically matched up, I think Denver is a matchup issue for Los Angeles. Um, but the Clippers, that being said, the Clippers would have Kawhi and Paul George. And I think those two um, is just tough for a lot of teams, most teams to handle. And then they just have a lot of shooting and guys that can do multiple things with the basketball around them. So that's an interesting, that's a series I want to see happen for sure. I just feel like when Denver caught the Clippers, it was one, the first year of the Clippers experiment and two, it was the bubble. So like, mm-hmm. I don't expect Jamal Murray to be Jamal Curry again. Sure. <laughs> I, 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 you know, Paul George seems to be in a better mental space. He played much better in the next postseason. I think Kawhi is going to be Kawhi. Um, I guess my point is that I feel a lot of people look at what happened in the bubble and I don't think you do that because I know like you really like look at things, but I just think a lot of people think look at what happened in the bubble and they're just like, oh, you know, and I'm just like, I don't think it would go. I don't think it would go down like that again, but I could be wrong. Yeah, um, that's definitely like, not necessarily out of the out of my mind, but I'm not necessarily considering that. I think for one, Jokic is like much better than he was when they played in that ben, series. For sure. Um, potentially Kawhi's maybe a little bit worse. We'll we'll have to see. Um but I think the team around Joker and Jamal is a lot better than it was in the bubble as well. This is probably the best iteration of the Joker led Nuggets. So we'll see. We'll see, but those are definitely that's I would say Warriors for sure. I would firmly like if you can guarantee that this incident doesn't affect the on ball product. I mean the on court product, then they're tier one, and then a step below them is Clippers and Denver. Kind of like no matter what, no matter what day it is, whoever the best team is, you know. Um, what are you expecting from Michael Porter Jr.? He'll be able to shoot. He'll always be able to shoot. Um, I don't think he'll be able to move well, especially on the defensive end. Um, hell of an offensive player, especially playing in that team where he has multiple ball handlers around him, multiple passers. Um, yeah, that's really is good score. Leaves a lot to be desired on the defensive end. Yeah, hopefully he can stay healthy for a full season because you really don't want to see anybody consistently get hurt. Um, but yeah, just good score, good shooter. Not really much more. That's about it. Tall clay, pretty much. <laughs> Tall clay without the defense. <laughs> For anybody seeing me looking down, if you're watching on video, I'm just looking at news. I want to make sure me and Justin are not missing anything. So <laughs> right. I, I think we've talked about the West enough. Um, let's move over to the East. Um Let's just do that little exercise we did again really quick, shall we? So um, who's the best team in the East? Because I think this is a very fascinating question because a lot of people are just saying the Bucs. I don't know if it's the Bucs. I think it could be the Bucs, but I don't know if it's like definitively the Bucs, the way everyone is just kind of declaring mm-hmm. them the best. And that's that's kind of my thought for like maybe like four teams in the East, to be honest. Like... Is it the Bucks? Is it Boston? Mm-hmm. Could it be the Sixers? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the Nets are wild card until we see them. Um, 
So, you know, and who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting someone. Who am I forgetting? As far as the top of the East? Yeah. I mean, Miami was there last year, but we'll see about that this year. Okay. I know you're not a Jimmy guy, but Jimmy girl. (laughs) (laughs) I am for sure not a Jimmy girl. But I mean, the Heat just have the ability to have like a good team throughout the year. So I wouldn't put it. But are are those the top five teams in the East, like in no particular order, but are those the best five? Potentially. And is there any of those five? Is there anyone who's like a tier above the other or are they all like comparable? I would say Boston, uh, Milwaukee, Philly, and Brooklyn right now are all in the same tier. I think they all have their advantages and disadvantages in comparison to one, uh, one another. If I had to bet on one, um, it's tough because they're going through the whole coach change thing. I would bet on Boston being the best team, at least in the regular season, because they have the best defense and they add a little bit more offense to their to their roster. Um, obviously, the Robert Williams injury hurts their depth for the foreseeable future. Um, but I think just the continuity that they have and the foundation that they set last year, they should go into the season um, pretty good. And then you see Milwaukee is going to be missing Middleton potentially for, for some time. Brooklyn has to integrate Ben Simmons. And uh, Philly, Philly could be the number one seed at the end, but I'm not sure if they're the best team in the East. Uh, so yeah, I would say it's those four at the top. And then I would probably put Miami um, and potentially Cleveland in the tier below them, maybe Toronto as well. Yeah, that's I have Heat, Toronto, Cavs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the East starts to get interesting. Oh, the Hawks. I forgot about them. Do we expect them to be better this year? They'll be better. I don't know how much better they'll be, but better than the Hornets? Oh, because Lamelo yeah. just went down too. Yeah, Lamelo's down. Miles Bridges is going to jail. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> he might be going to jail. He might be going to jail, so he's definitely not playing in the NBA anytime soon. But so yeah, they're going to be cooked. They they're in the Vic Miyama sweepstakes, in my as far as I can tell. Um, so definitely all right. inside of there. I would say, well, Chicago is kind of in that Hawks. Shit, forgot line. about yeah. Chicago might be a little bit better than the Hawks, but we'll see. Because Lonzo Ball's knees are cooked. So. Okay, let me see if I have all the teams because I wrote down a list here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. I'm still missing one. Did you put Indiana? I did. I have Pacers here. Orlando. Orlando. Can't forget about Orlando. They're going to be. Okay. So, I mean, I have, let me just see if we're in agreement. I have like, well, I don't know which of these teams are going to make the play in, but I have like, I have the, I have the top nine teams being like, so those four we discussed that were all in the same tier, Bucks, Boston, Sixers, Nets. Mm -hmm. And then like the next five being like not in any order, but Heat, Toronto, Cavs, Hawks, Bulls. And that's nine teams. So 
I don't know who's going to take that 10th spot to like be in the play in out of Hornets, Wizards, Knicks, Pacers, Detroit, Orlando. Mm-hmm. If I was a betting man, I would bet that it would be the Wizards. Okay. I was thinking that. It'll be the Wizards or Orlando, uh, in my opinion. All right. But, I mean, we don't really think any of those teams um, are going to do anything at the bottom. Um, They're sort of, like, in development mode still and still trying to grow for the most part, right? Um, You talking about the teams below the Wizards in Orlando? Or are you talking about including them? Yeah, I'm just saying, like, none of those teams. Like, I, I don't even know. Are any of them interesting to watch? I mean, Orlando, I know they have like some some pieces now. Detroit, like yeah. with Lamelo out, like they're probably not an interesting team to watch until he comes back, and then who knows what he's gonna look like. So, the Knicks, ah. the Knicks are gonna be ugly basketball for sure. Nasty basketball. R.J. Barrett has all the tools, but just can't make shots really at a respectable enough clip. Julius Randle needs a lot of space to operate and he just won't get it um are the pacers gonna trade miles turner <laughs> no <laughs> probably not <laughs> miles turner like being in trade talks and not getting traded is like equivalent to dame yeah it's like the dame lillard i'm loyal to portland thing like you hear about it every single year and you're like all right i'm sick of hearing about this um so they're in the big sweepstakes they're gonna suck Charlotte's in the big sweepstakes. Detroit yeah. might be a little bit more competitive than we think, but they're a lottery team again. Orlando is probably a lottery team again, but they're going to be a lot better. The Wizards are in a weird space because they have a lot of vets, but they're just not like good. Like, right. You know, they got Porzingis. That's why you're saying people. like they might be in the 10th spot. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Listen, I mean, I like if you're in the 10th spot anyway, you're not making anything. So I'm just going to focus on like the top nine. One of these bottom teams will be 10th. Um, but I think that first nine, I think legitimately they all could be one through eight. So it's going to be really interesting to see who ends up nine. And I guess it doesn't matter because seven through seven through 10 anyway is the play in. But yeah, I mean, I think the the top nine teams in the East are probably the ones that we said. So Bucks, Boston, Sixers, Nets, Heat, Toronto, Cavs, Hawks, Bulls, right? So do you, the Bulls were having like a great season last year, then they had some injuries and then like people were never taking them seriously anyway, but I feel sort of bad that like they got injured. So we kind of just don't really know what they could have done. I don't think that they were going to be making it out the East, but do you think DeMar DeRozan can have like another repeat season like he did? I mean, what what are you expecting from the Bulls? I think he can. He's just like a regular season killer. You know, I'm not too high on, on, on Debo, but I think Levine is one of the better two guards in the league. I expected him to take like a, a bigger leap last year and kind of step into that conversation for best two guard in the league. But I just don't think he's that guy um, anymore. Lonzo's knees are cooked. He's not playing basketball anytime soon. Um, so we'll see. Like, if they can get some consistent point guard play, maybe from uh, if Io can kind of step up and, you know, just take a leap as a, as a player, then they can 
they can have some regular season success, but I can definitely see DeRozan and Levine combining for about 48, 50 points a game again. And we'll see what their defense looks like, but they got a lot of offensive talent and just like, they're really lacking on the defensive end. So we'll see. Okay. So the Hawks had a disappointing season last year. They probably had one of the, in the East, probably one of the more interesting pickups. So DeJounte joined the team. Um, Do we expect them at least this year to make the playoffs this upcoming year? Um, Yeah. Yeah, I would give them a slight edge over Chicago. Like, just at this very moment, I'd probably say they are eight and Chicago's nine. So you still have them, like, at the bottom, not even, like, a five or six, like, being, nope, okay. Um, I just think the other teams are just clearly better. Better. Um, Trey is one of the best players in the league, so at least offensively he is. So maybe he can just carry them, you know, because it's going to be on both sides, on on the West and the East, it's going to be a separation of a few games, if if not one or two games. So over the course of an 82-game season, a hot streak, a few game winners here or there could be the difference between being – the fifth seed and the eighth seed, you know, so we'll see if Trey can kind of carry them, you know, because Debo last year got him a few game winners, the probably games they should have lost, and it bumped them up in the standings. Right. Well, and what about, too, because I wasn't DeJounte Murray, did he win, or wasn't he one of the people in contention for most improved last year? Or am I making that up? He didn't win. Ja, ja won. Um, but I'm not sure if he was in contention. I feel like, or was that six man? I always get those two confused, but I mean, like, People wanted him to be an all-star. Did he become an all-star? I can't even remember. This, like, becomes blurred to me. He had, like, a really good season, though, last year. And so, I mean, I guess I'm – I guess what my question really is is, like, I kind of expect him to take another, you know, leap again. Not, I don't know what size the leap will be, but I expect him to be better this year than he was last year. DeJounte? Yeah. Potentially. Potentially. He was an all-star. I think he was an injury replacement all-star, but – um, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit tougher though because Trey is uh, a player that has the ball in his hands a lot, and I think Dejounte flourished a lot in with the Spurs last year because he was the only like good player that they had and he was allowed to do whatever he wanted. Okay, we'll see if he can if he can scale to a lesser role or if he can scale off the ball because he's not a great shooter. So maybe they let him handle the ball a little bit more and let Trey play off the ball. Um. And Trey's been hinting that, like, yeah, I haven't played off the ball yet in my NBA career, but I used to do it, like, when I was younger, when I had other ball handlers around me, so. Why is he telling us that? Is he being criticized for it? I I think, yeah, I think he has been criticized for it. I don't know if he said it directly, but I'm pretty sure, like, someone close to him tweeted something about it, like, just wait and see. He's going to be able to do it. Like, I think it might have been his father or something. Okay. Uh, So... Yeah, we'll see. We'll see from Trey because once you get in the NBA, you start playing a certain style of basketball. It's really hard to to shake it. Um, very few people can can do that. So we'll see. Okay. Well, the Cavs, their team, that's interesting to me. So, like I said, my little team, their team, I like. I just like them. Nice right. young group. I like them. <laughs> it's like the old remnants of the Cavs that the Warriors <laughs> completely out of there, and we just like love the new baby Cavs, like. I do. I really do. And so I would like to see them get their chance to do the playoffs properly. 
this time. I mean, I don't think that they're going to like come out the East, but the injuries really, the injury bug really hit them at the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah, it did. I think Jared Allen was missing a lot of time and Mobley was out of stuff too. So, yeah. um, where, where do you see them in terms of like middle of the pack? Can they be a top six team? I think they can. Um, at least in the regular season, we're going to have to see what their what their wings do because I think that's ultimately their obviously huge weakness that they have right now. Um, they have one of the best backcourts as far as talent and one of the best frontcourts as far as talent in the league is when you talk about power forward and center. And then they probably has like they probably have like the worst small forward group in the playoff contenders in the entire league. So. We'll see how they can navigate that. And they already have a small backcourt. So they could potentially be really good on defense, depending on how healthy Jared Allen is. And maybe if Mobley makes another leap, uh, and they could be bad too. So we'll. we'll I feel like it's between them or Toronto for that six spot. I feel like the top five are going to be like Bucks, Boston, Sixers, Nets, and Heat. I feel like those will be the top five teams. So I feel like six is either going to be like Toronto or the Cavs. I agree. I agree on that. And Toronto has their question question marks as well. But yeah, this is definitely which one of those teams can navigate their weaknesses a little bit better than the other one. I think that they'll get six. Okay. So we're not expecting the Heat to be back in the Eastern Conference Finals next season. I hope not. I mean, I like I like the Heat. No disrespect to to the Heat and people. But I'm just kind of tired of seeing like kind of seeing them there and as opposed to the top, top guys. I'm still waiting on Embiid to to get there and do something because people keep putting him in this on this pedestal and he's yeah. a great player and he's an MVP candidate, but it's it's time for him to to put it all together and put a, a real dominant run deep in the playoffs together. For sure. Um so yeah, I'm I'm hoping the the final four teams are Boston, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and, and Philadelphia, so we can at least get, you know, a super duper star in the Eastern Conference Finals, pretty much guaranteed. Um, and yeah, we'll see. So for last year's Rookie of the Year, Scotty Barnes, like I mean, he's still young, right? But like, it's interesting because he's like one of their key pieces going forward, and then. Pascal is still there, but there's such a big age difference in them, you know, and then Fred is still there, but like, do they have enough? Like once Scotty gets to like, you know, a place where I guess he can really, really have meaningful impact. Um, is that enough for them to become like a more legitimate team or are they still missing something? I think they are still missing a guy that can really set the table for the other players. I like Fred, and he's obviously been like a, a a small guard for all of his life, but I don't think he's like that type of player. He's more of a wing, in my opinion, with some playmaking ability than actual playmaker. Um, so they're just a team full of wings. They got a lot of length. They got a lot of guys. They don't have any like true centers or bigs. They just have like big wings. <laughs> so that's just... 
it's weird. It's kind of like how when the Clippers first got together and everybody was like, they don't have a point guard. They just have a bunch of wing players. It's, it's really like that with Toronto, but they don't have Kawhi and Paul George. They just have like lesser versions of those type of players. So um, that's the, that's definitely the missing piece for me on that team. Just like a, a real point. Like if they had prime Kyle Lowry right now, then it's like, all right, perfect. But they don't. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's, they're in a weird spot where they're, obviously have a lot of good players but they're missing some pieces when you when you watch scotty barnes do you think he's gonna turn into like at a minimum an all-star can he be a superstar like what like what have you seen from him what are your thoughts on him in terms of his trajectory i think he can be an all-star i think he has legitimate two-way impact with his ability to push the ball in transition like he does a lot of the things that um like that reminds you of like a draymond type of player um, guard multiple positions, you know, super long arms, quick feet, you know, good defensive instincts. So, you know, at least on that end, he can be one of the best players, one of the best defenders in the league. And then offensively, pretty athletic. Like he takes a lot of long strides. He can get to the lane, dunk on you. Whether or not he becomes like a superstar, it kind of depends on his ball handling, if he can really improve that and if he can really improve his ability to shoot, particularly off the dribble um because that's when he really becomes devastating as a playmaker and stuff like that too so because he can pass the ball but the the best best playmakers in the league typically have some type of dynamic scoring punch to their arsenal that allows that causes the defense to react to them a certain way and that's where it opens up for the passing lanes but if they if people don't really respect him as a legitimate scorer then it's going to be harder for him to play make at that level um so yeah if he can work on that ball handling bag a little bit more and that shooting bag, then he can definitely be an all-star superstar type of player. Okay. Before we move into the upper echelon, I just have a question about the Heat. And Heat fans, forgive me if you feel like I'm disrespecting your team and not putting them in the upper echelon. But um, um, Tyler Hero, there was a question. I mean, I'm sure people pose this a lot, but um, my, our, our, my dear friend Hoop Spaces, Chris, um, have put up a, a poll um, who's better, I think, Tyler Hero or um, Jordan Poole. Uh, so <laughs> I kind of replied smugly, like, come on, let's be serious. But, but let's be serious. <laughs> what kind of year are you expecting from... Well, one, I should say, since we're both kind of like, let's be serious. I my, I guess I should say you expect Jordan Poole to have like a better year um, season than Tyler Hero. And um, also what kind of like, what are you expecting to see from Tyler Hero for this season? He just got his bag. So what are you expecting to see from him this year? Um, I don't know if Jordan will have like a better statistical year as far as like just putting up numbers because Tyler Hero has a bigger role, I think, um, or just more opportunity, especially in the regular season to score and do all of those things. But I do think Jordan is just like, it'll be noticeable that Jordan is just a better player. Um, I think his playmaking ability is better. I think he's um, more dynamic of a score, just the pressure that he puts on the rim. He can finish with the best of them in the league. He's probably one of the better finishers at his position in the league as far as percentage. Um, and then you can like visibly see he can finish right hand, left hand, floaters, mid range, threes, on and off the ball. And Tyler can play on and off the ball too. But uh, yeah, I just think he's more dynamic of a player. Um, and it showed in the playoffs as well. 
Uh, Tyler had a, a decent playoff run in the bubble, but since then he hasn't really put together uh, a great playoff run. I think Jordan, even though he had his moments where he was a little bit down, he had moments where he was extremely high. And then over the course of the playoffs, you saw his averages were something that not a lot of people were able to accomplish at his age or even period. So um, Jordan, better player. Tyler Hero, better stats this season. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Okay. So um, I agree with you on the Sixers. I'm going to start with them and Joel and B because I'm like, y'all keep telling me this man <laughs> is here and he ain't make it out the second round. And a lot of people get the blame for those. And I, I do know that sometimes he was hurt, but in particular the year when the infamous, huh? That's a part of it too, though. Staying healthy. Like it is, yeah. but in particular in the year where like Ben Simmons got all the blame because of that, like layup or not like the shot he decided not to take right at the rim. Right. Like it was egregious, but that allowed, <laughs> that allowed Joel Embiid to escape criticism because he did not close a number of games in that series. Right. And there are some people I know who will bring up, Oh, he was injured. And I was like, look, some, some might say like that's hypocritical for me because like I'm a Warriors fan and we bring up Steph's injuries in 2016. But my issue is that with Joel Embiid, he'd be playing good the whole game. And then it was just like the fourth quarter he didn't close, right? So it's like, you can't, like we saw Steph's inconsistency from the moment he came back that he wasn't like the same player. You could see his limitations. He couldn't do the same things. But Joel will be dominating for three quarters. And then at the end, like shots he regularly makes, he's not making, he's missing free throws. He's just not closing. Like to me, that's not an injury thing. Right. And so he just failed to close, you know? I mean, I know like losing a heartbreaker to Kawhi on that shot, like that could have gone in either direction, but I just, I feel like he's gotten some passes. I really do. Like, yeah. I still think that, the year before, when the Hawks made it, I think the Sixers should have still won that series. Yeah, they should have. I don't even think it should have even went. That went to seven, right? I don't even think it should have went to seven. Um, I, don't, I think everybody was shocked too, and it was a it was an incredible run by the Hawks. I think they even got two games off the Bucks, two maybe one game. Um, but that's just it's unexcusable, especially when you're somebody who people are saying like it's top five, like better than xyz player who's actually been there like I, I, he's legitimately the only player who was consensus top 10 that has not even been to a conference finals at this point and like you said there's valid reasonings as to why that is um but part of those reasonings is can stay healthy and the some of those big moments he's come up a little bit short uh so it's just you got to put it all together for me at least one time for me to be like all right you're that guy you know like we just got to see it Agreed. And it's and Joker got to the conference finals in the bubble, um, and he was one game away from the conference finals before the bubble. I think the year before, but it's time for him to, especially back to back MVP. You you gotta you gotta get there. Um, I don't want to hear sh if I, if he is truly in contemplation for a third MVP this year. If I see that kind of talk. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be crazy. I mean, like if he's playing, and he don't. Season, I, then... I don't want to hear it. He, <laughs> I don't want to fucking hear it. I don't. don't I do don't it. give a damn what kind of numbers he's putting up. 
three MVPs and you ain't even get a ring yet? Nah, bro. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, we just got 30 just got to do what he needs to do and get it. Yeah, I mean, it's, not, it's just like, listen, okay. Anyway, um, but I, I, that you, I think we're kind of like aligned on the Sixers. Um, do you think they have a legit shot to come out the East? They do. They have the roster to do it. They have an extremely balanced roster, versatile. Um, they're deep on player on, on paper. Harden will have a bounce back year this year. It depends on what you define bounce back. I think he'll settle into his role as long as he's just like setting people up and stuff like that and picking his spots as a score a little bit better and not trying to be the James Harden of old because he clearly just doesn't have the burst anymore. So he can't create the separation that he needs to to get them shots off and score like the way he used to. But he can still set people up. He's still one of the best passers in the league. If he's doing that, they have enough scoring around him, especially with Joel and Maxi and Tobias Harris, and they got shooters and stuff now. So I think I think on paper, they might be the best team in the East on paper, but their two best players struggle with closing and, and doing what they need to do in the playoffs, and their coach hmm. has struggled consistently with doing yeah. that. So that's the biggest question mark. I think if they didn't have those labels on, over their head, then most people will be picking the Sixers to come out of the East. Where where does do do you rank James Harden? Is he still a top twenty player? No, he's top like he's like top thirty ish probably. 30. Uh, okay. uh, yeah, he's he's above CP three. So wherever you have CP three, he's probably still better than CP three. But I know, I'm just curious. Like, I I really haven't gone through my rankings, but I was just curious, like where he's like moved to for you. Yeah, I think he's somewhere in the top 30. If he's healthy and he's playing, like, decent team defense and he's averaging somewhere around, like, 20 points and nine, 10 assists on league average efficiency, something like that, then he's maybe a little bit higher than top 30. But right now he's just in that 30 range for me. And we didn't talk about – um rankings that many on the west but i just have a couple of players i want to ask about really quickly where is ad like where do you rank him as a player right outside the top 10 probably top 15 top 15 okay um <laughs> like in my mind i'm thinking right now yeah because i mean you got to take health into account um availability this he just hasn't had it in the last two seasons um he also had his worst shooting season in a while last year so we got to really see if the jumper's back even though it's looking pretty good right now uh but yeah i would put him in the top 15 i never really bought into the hype after the bubble where people were saying like oh the lakers had like the second best and the best player in the league at the same time like that yeah, never i never had him there but like, i had him top 10 like i really for the whole yeah. time i still sort of had him as like a top seven ish eight player um I don't anymore. I, I don't, I like my, I think I get to like seven or eight and then like, I just like those final two spots and like, to, like all of those players, like on any given night, one of them could be like nine, 10, 11, 12. Like, I, like I'm not one of those people who definitively have Jason Tatum in the top 10 or right. even like Jimmy Butler, like who some people are like, no, no, no. Like, like for me, it's like there's all, like seven or eight. Same yeah um okay what about um dame lillard where would you rank him like if he comes back and he's healthy 
he comes back and he's healthy. He's in that same range with AD, um, in that ten to fifteen range, nine to fifteen. Uh, Paul George. Yeah, probably. Paul George, same range. Okay. PG, Dame, AD. I would put John Morant, Jimmy Butler, probably like all grouped into that range. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. Okay, so back to the East. Um, so. The Nets, to me, I just say are like a wild card because we don't know what they're going to look like. I haven't had a chance to watch their preseason games, if I'm being honest. So what have you seen? What have they looked like? You had a very interesting tweet and you were like, this one presents matchup nightmares for this one. But this one, it was, I don't remember how you, like who was who. So I think it was that Brooklyn is a matchup problem for, was it the Bucks? Mm-hmm. But the Celtics are a matchup problem for the Nets. Mm-hmm. And who I don't remember where the Bucks fit in. And the Bucks are a matchup problem for Boston. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So I thought that was like a really, it's like, oh, Justin's so clever. Um, <laughs> I like that tweet. So they're, they're interesting, those three teams, depending on how the matchups go. Is, is are any of them a favorable matchup for the Sixers? Uh, potentially, the Sixers can have an advantage on all of those teams, um, and that's why it's so weird trying to rank the Sixers because I think they have the versatility. They have more versatility than all the all three of those teams, in my opinion. Um, if they want to, if they play against Boston, they can try to play a little bit more physical, play inside with Joel, and see how that can open up some offense. Um, if they play against Brooklyn, they can definitely punish inside with Joel. Um, and then Milwaukee's a little bit bigger team, so they're going to have to lean onto their shooting, but they got more shooting now. So they can present some matchup issues for for all three. And I think all of them have strengths and weaknesses against each other, but Philly in particular just seems like a team that can match up the best with the other three teams as opposed to, you know. And for Joel, do you think it's a conditioning thing with him? I mean, I know he's just like a big man and they tend to have more issues, but like people often like get on him about his conditioning. Do you still think that's what it is? No, nah, I don't think so. Um, maybe, I mean, just the injuries you get, you only can have a certain amount of injuries before they start like actually affecting your body. You know what I mean? Like there's a saying, like you don't necessarily come back the same after an injury. Like it's just, it's just different. Like your body just operates different now. Like after you get an injury, you might not necessarily worse or better, but it's just a slightly different thing. Like you can't just go back to normal afterwards. So maybe, maybe that has something to do with it. I don't think his conditioning is an issue though. At least it shouldn't be somebody of his caliber. Um, How do you like the addition of Brogdon to the Celtics? I mean, they had two offseason acquisitions, but um, what, Gall- Gallinari, is that how I say it? Yeah. yeah he's hurt, right? So he t- he's done season yeah he tore his ACL right so um he's done um but I think for the Celtics they they're sort of like the Warriors where it's like something that's not really about like the players that might be their potential issue it's like their whole coach situation looming over them so mm-hmm. but they they did add um Brogdon so how do you like that as an addition to the team and let's say the coach situation has no impact on them where do you see them because like with the Bucks missing Middleton for a little bit I I would probably say like 
you know, Boston could really be the the number one team in the in the East. Yeah, I think he definitely he just provides more of what they're already good at. You know, what I mean, I think a lot of people are looking on the outside and and saying, okay, Brogdon, he's played point guard, whatever the case may be, but he's not necessarily like a point guard. Like he's that's he's, what I keep he, saying. Yeah, he's the same class <laughs> as like Fred Van Vliet, but he's probably a little bit better offensively or. You know, he's just it's a different type of uh, player that he attacks, but he's you think guy. it's an improvement over white. He's just an addition to white because when as you saw in the finals, they were playing like three guys off their bench. They were playing Pritchard, who was pretty much ineffective for majority of the time he played in the finals. Uh Grant Williams, same thing. He was ineffective for a lot. And Derek White was really the only reliable guard wing that they had off the bench and he was kind of playing out of his mind the way he was shooting for a majority of the series and then he kind of faded away so they just needed more players like their starting five was really really good and then they just had a cat like a grand canyon gap with that in the production they got off their bench so just having another starting caliber player in their rotation it just helps you know fortify their their team over the course of a full 80 48 minute game they are dealing with issues with Rob Williams, though, and his health. I forgot about that. So I don't know. These teams are interesting in the East. It's really hard to say who's going to be. I feel like it's just any one of them could be, you know, one through four of Bucks, yeah. Boston, Sixers, Nets. After we just went through that exercise, I don't. <laughs> it's definitely a toss up. It's definitely a toss up. And it's funny because if you look on both sides, I feel like it's kind of a, a toss up as well outside of the Warriors, like I said, basketball-wise, the Warriors should be clear of the field this year. Um, but they now have other things that they have to consider right. and deal with. But on paper, um, just as far as both sides of the ball, um, coaching, continuity, chemistry, having the best player, all those things, they should be clear of the field. But we'll have to obviously have to play it out and see, barring injury. Uh, yeah, the East is a toss-up at the top. The West is this toss-up in the middle. Um, and we'll just see how it plays out, I guess. If the Warriors do make it out the West, assuming they do, what's the matchup you'd like to see most? From a basketball fan um, perspective, Milwaukee. I think they're the last team other than the Warriors, obviously, who won a championship. And Giannis is, you know, considered the top two guy next to Steph. A lot of people, well, most people will have him over Steph at this point. So it would be nice to see those two match up in the finals, last two reigning finals MVPs. From a Warriors fan perspective, I would want to see them destroy Brooklyn in the finals, <laughs> obviously. Um, that would just be, like, ultimate, like, gratification, you know, as a Warriors fan, just see them do that to Brooklyn but yeah it's one of those two teams for me too like I like we already beat Boston they don't move me I don't really care about the Sixers that much I mean whatever if we play them we play them but um I actually don't really have a desire to watch Bucks versus Warriors I just have a desire for Steph to beat Giannis but like I have a desire to see Warriors versus Nets <laughs> like I like I think the best football will be more fun for me to watch I I'm one of those people who truly does not enjoy watching Giannis play basketball like at, 
I want to like cut myself, you know, it's just <laughs> the fuck, yo, like <laughs> the, just, I mean, it's almost as painful as watching James Harden or when he was like at his similar thing to me. It really is. Um, I just don't enjoy it. So like, and no, I don't have an issue with him being from another country before people say the bullshit. Like yeah, I yeah. just, we, we, get it. we get it. It's just, he, I he don't, I, I like finesse players. That's what I enjoy. That's what I want to watch. And I'm not bag Twitter by any means, but I just, I don't enjoy that. You know, they're like, like if it's like a big man, like um, Jokic, you know, because I enjoy the passing and, you know, that kind of stuff. But I just. I mean, he's a he's a finesse player. He's a he's a bruiser, but he's a finesse player. He has a, the step backs to the one legged fadeaways and stuff like that. So he definitely makes his big man play look a little bit more pretty than Giannis does. Yeah, I just enjoy Maybe pretty. Not, yeah, it's not pretty. But, so, all due respect to Giannis, wonderful human being, pretty humble guy. That's what people say. No, he is. I think it's a little bit of an act, but he is. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd rather I'd rather you be acting a little bit than being a dick for sure. So, <laughs> yeah. So, no, like, but no, but I I do. Generally speaking, I like I like Giannis as a person and a player. Like, he doesn't. I just don't enjoy watching him play basketball, and so. I wouldn't, I don't think from an enjoyment standpoint that I would um really be like, ah. but from a, oh, who's the best player again? You know, mm-hmm. yeah. from that standpoint, because I love it. I love to talk my shit. So we'll see what happens, but who knows? Something unexpected always happens. So right. we will, we will see. Um, Are you looking forward to the season? For sure. For sure. I can't wait to get it started. I mean, the Warriors got their last preseason game tonight. So I'm going to watch that with some excitement because they got the full roster playing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So they sure go. do. They sure do. I was just about to wrap and then I just kind of thought about that uh, Draymond Green presser, whatever it was yesterday when he was talking about trust and you know, what does that really mean? And then he's like, I think the word people are looking for is camaraderie, com- camaraderie. <laughs> like if you actually look up the definition of camaraderie, like trust is right in the effing definition. But anyway, mm. I digress. Um, I did not enjoy that at all. I like, I don't know, <laughs> but I got to tell you, I'm not feeling, I it's it's because of my trust in Steph, why I feel like, and that the rest of the like people around the team like are just really people who I can trust in to like lead because I I don't trust I don't trust Dre and like you know I felt like there was some excuse making for some of his commentary yesterday like you know like if he in this moment in this moment with the magnitude that has of what has happened, still feels the need to be arrogant or smug or defiant, whatever you want to describe it as. In this moment, if he, like, to me, the tone and tenor should have been the same tone that he exhibited during his apology. And it was not, you know? And I just, I was really turned off by that. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see tonight. Steve Kerr said, um, 
practice was great. It was great to have Dre back or whatever shit he said. Listen, Rude. I don't believe any of these things. So, like, people are like, oh, I'm going to take them at face value. And people not understand that, like, these are the things the Warriors are going to say. Like, even if it was weird, they're not going to tell us. Just like all season, Kevin Durant kept saying, I haven't made a decision when we all damn well knew the decision was made and he was going to the net. So, like, there are times you have to listen to what the team is telling you. And then there are times where we have to, like, people, like, you, like, just think a little bit about what's happening and why certain messaging is happening. So, um, I'm I'm mostly, of course, I'm excited to see like the squad play play on the court, but I'm mostly watching tonight to, to see body language, to see how things look. And look, they're gonna know everyone is watching for that, right? So, <laughs> so they'll probably yeah, be on watching. their best behavior. They're gonna be on their best behavior for the entire rest of the season. Um, is I'm it is sure. it in Denver or is it in Chase at Chase? I'm not sure. I can't tell you. I only asked because someone had um tweeted at um Tim Kawakami about ring night and he was like, no, I don't think um Draymond's getting booed. And like I don't think it's gonna be an arena full of boo boo booze, but I feel like there's not I think it's gonna be booze. I think it's gonna be one of those like reactions where it's it's you can't make out what it is because it's gonna be a lot of cheers and a lot of booze. It's gonna be a lot of like just random noises. Right. <laughs> uh so it looks yeah. like Nuggets. Also, I think it's Nuggets at Warrior. No, I think I don't know where it is. Okay, well, we'll see. Anyway, Justin, this has been great as always. Um, I think we gave good insight on what to expect from our perspective, you know, for the season. Um, I enjoyed that. You helped me because I don't I don't pay that close attention to all the teams around the association. I mean, I don't know that anyone really does. It's too hard to keep up with that many teams, but um this was helpful for me, for me, at least in terms to, of like what to expect. So hopefully it was helpful for the listeners. Um, any last comments before we go? No. Nah, um, Warriors going to get this win tonight and they're going to win an open night. And that's it. That's all I got. Let's go Dubs. Let's go Dubs. <laughs> All right, y'all. Make sure if you're listening, you better already be subscribed. If you're not, subscribe, download, let people know. Follow Justin, the package JG. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that influential. Um, follow us. Stay tuned. Keep up with us because we got more coming for you in store. All right. Take care, y'all. Until next time. Hey, guys, it's Nat. I'm back again. Just a quick update, because since we recorded, there have been some updates uh, with respect to the Golden State Warriors. So Jordan Poole signed his extension. That's worth up to $140 million. Um, But the big surprise, I think, because we knew that Poole's extension was coming, is that Andrew Wiggins also extended for I think the total value was $109 million, but we locked him in for another four years on top of his last year that he has coming up. So they secured the future. I low-key think this is maybe not even low-key, high-key. I think they're sending a message to Dre, but I'm not going to get into all of that now. I just wanted to just touch on those updates, say the season's about to start. For those who are on Twitter and follow me there, 
Justin and I will be doing our golden spaces. And so we'll talk about the extensions. We'll talk about our thoughts after game one. And we'll have another pod coming up this week and we can get into some of this, but just sort of wanted to touch on those two updates. Um, so you don't think like we're just ignoring them, but more to come on that. But how exciting. I think this is amazing news for the dubs. So thank you for tuning in to the preview. Hope you enjoyed and stay tuned. We have a lot coming for you this upcoming season. Until next time, guys, take care.